All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Three Major Sports Podcast. Uh, this is Enrique coming to you again with uh, my partner in crime here, Rob. And hello, hello. we have, there he is again, <laughs> and we have our very first guest on the show today. So we've got Doug coming with us from uh, the Tampa area as well. Say hello to everybody, Doug. Hey, hello, everyone. Uh, I just wanted to say it's an honor to be the first guest on the To Be Major Sports podcast, and I'm looking to contribute in any way I can. All right. And Perfect. so that the uh, so our listeners know who you uh, stand with in these sports that we talk about, why don't you let them know your Uh Yes. So I love misery. So I am a Mets fan and a Dolphins fan. Uh, the only thing that keeps me sane has been the heat over the past, you know, 15, 20 years or so. And uh, I am also a diehard Miami Hurricanes football fan. So, uh, yeah, I'm waiting for the chorus of booze coming from Rob as far as anything about the Mets. <laughs> oh, you'll, you'll you'll get it once in a while. Don't worry about that. Our listeners have heard it already, the Mets yes. slander on this podcast. So, Absolutely. Hey. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, awesome. So before we get going, everybody, make sure that you are subscribing and rating the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a follow on Instagram at 3Majorsports. Uh, there you'll get see some episode previews, some episode recaps. Some polls we put up every once in a while, see how everything's going. So, tonight's episode is going to be basketball heavy. We are going to talk about the brand new play-in format that the NBA has, where we get uh, seeds 7 through 10 in a little bit of a mix up here to see who can actually make the playoffs. So, we're going to talk about that, go over how that works, see who's in it, see what we think. Uh, then we're going to give some MVP talk. Uh, we're going to see who we like for them. Give a couple of people who will be on our ballots. It's been a good year for uh, top-tier players. We've got a couple of new names in the bunch. We've got some of the old consistent ones that are usually up there, so we'll talk about that. And then we are going to bring it all home with our all-NBA team. So there's only a couple games left in the season, right? We've got a pretty good idea of who everybody is at this point and uh, their body of work. So we are going to organize our all-NBA teams, and I'm sure that there will be some – uh, back and forth in terms of who we think should be on what team there. So with that being said, that's what we've got on the docket tonight. And we'll kick it off with the NBA play game or the play-in tournament at this yes. point. So this is something new. I love it personally. I know that, you know, LeBron said that whoever came up with this shit should be fired. Uh, I don't agree with that at all. I feel like the only reason he's even saying that right now is because the Lakers are probably going to end up in that. Yes. So I can see why you wouldn't like it if you were the one involved. But I'm a big fan of it. Uh, so basically, the format is right. That whoever ends up in the seven and eight seed, who would traditionally you'd be in the playoffs, right? Uh, not so much this year. Uh, so those two teams, seven and eight, play each other. Winner, one game. They're the seven seed. You're in. Bam! Congratulations. Nine and ten in that conference also play each other. So loser of that game goes home. Good season. Take it easy. Winner. Lottery. Yeah, lottery. Uh, winner moves on to play whoever lost that seven eight game. So. The advantage here is if you were if you went into this in a playoff spot, it's double elimination for you, right? You can't just go home from losing on one bad night. You got to lose to two different teams on two different nights. So there's your advantage, right? Loser of the 7-8, you go play the winner of the 9-10. Whoever wins that game ends up the 8 seed and their awesome prize of playing the number one seed in the conference. So that is how this play-in tournament is working. What do you guys think of it in terms of an idea and a process and how they figured out how to make it run? Uh, I mean, I'm, I liked it last year. Um, 
because of the way that they broke everything down, obviously with the big four month gap between the, the season and then the COVID stoppage. And then when they started up the bubble, um, there wasn't a lot of wiggle room. They tried to bring in other teams that maybe could have made the play in tournament. Right. But I think they sort of assumed it was going to be like a one-time gimmicky thing to get more teams involved and just sort of spruce up a, a super weird season. Right. Cause of the bubble um, and everything. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I think the only team that would have made that real interesting last year was Phoenix, and they ended up even going 8-0 and still missing out. So that yep. was sort of a waste of time. Uh, this year, I think it's really going to throw some uh, some monkey wrenches into this situation because the number 10 seed right now is probably the scariest of the four. So between 10, 9, 8, and 7, I think teams, especially like the Sixers, why would they want to play the Wizards? Like that, right. that is not great. Um, and everyone ahead of them, granted they have Beal out for, a, a, I think a couple games. Uh, so he'll hopefully be back for the play in tournament, but everyone in front of them is basically missing someone. The Celtics uh, now without Jalen Brown, uh, the Hornets, it looks like they said today, they're not going to have Gordon Hayward uh, for the whole play in tournament. So both games, uh, if they, if they have to play two, uh, and then the Pacers have just sort of been decimated with injuries all year. So that that sort of throws a monkey wrench in the East, and then you have the West with uh, with Steph Curry and and LeBron Man. James and Anthony Davis in in a play-in tournament game, and then the loser is now in jeopardy of losing the or missing the playoffs altogether. So right, that um, yeah, that uh, Doug, what do you think about this? Well, it's always a good idea to get more eyes on certain teams that you would normally write off right before heading to the lottery. So I'm I'm all for it. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with more basketball, especially playoff basketball. Um, I found an interesting thing out is like LeBron seems a little bit hurt because in the in his time in the league, and I I looked this up and it's, it totally blew my mind. So in his career, he's missed the playoffs three times: his first two years and then the first year with the Lakers. Every other time that LeBron has been in the playoffs, he's been no worse than the number four seed. This is uncharted right. territory for him, so he's kind of you know feeling a little left out and you know he's not you know this is a totally new territory for him so um i think this might encourage not encourage him but just maybe like maybe see him like perform at an even higher level if that's impossible well he's got to get back and i mean they're talking about he might be like 80 percent for this and from a lakers standpoint it's terrifying the situation they're looking at right you're staring at steph curry on the other side who has dragged this team of nonsense basically into the playoff on any given night. I mean, Steph can go 15 for 20 from three and you're done. This is a one night thing. I mean, granted on that same night, he can go five for 20 because he's not going to stop shooting. We know this because at any point he knows he can get hot. So the ball's going to keep flying. But if he has one of those 15 for 20 nights, now you're down to your last strike against, I mean, either Memphis or San Antonio from what it looks like right now, I would take the Lakers with, a LeBron at 80% there, probably, yeah, I'd probably take that all day. Um, but then at that point, you've got a battered AD, a battered LeBron. You just had to go through possibly two games, and now your prize is arrested Rudy Gobert guarding the paint, possibly Donovan Mitchell back from that ankle sprain, and Mike Conley and the number one seeded Utah Jazz, or CP3 and the Suns, who have nothing but energy because they're all 23 years old or whatever. Uh, again, going to run up and down the court on you for seven games that you've got to now battle as an eight seed. This is bad news for LeBron and the Lakers. They are not 
in a healthy state of being right now to have to tackle this kind of thing, uh, this is going to be interesting. This is not what the NBA had in mind when they drew this up. I don't think at any point <laughs> did they think that LeBron's uh, postseason would be riding and the defending champs postseason would be riding on this play-in tournament. But I love the idea. I think this is great. I think if you're not a Lakers fan, this is nothing but enjoyable. Um, so, yeah, that's that's coming now with Steph and, and and those Warriors, which, man, I don't know how they keep doing it. They're like a top-five rated defensive team in the league. I don't understand how. Steph barely plays any defense. Right. And uh, and still, they're a top five team in the league in defense, and you've got the leading scorer in the league right now on that team. That's just that's, I'm glad I'm not a Lakers fan because I would not want my team in that situation. Right, right. Well, yeah, and that's the the Lakers are kind of similar where they were the number. They're, I think they're still the number two defense in the league, uh, and that was with missing LeBron for almost two months and Davis for almost two months. Um, and then Davis just got hurt again. So you're going to have to probably, he might miss the first game against the Warriors, which is, which is crazy. And LeBron now is, he was supposed to be yesterday or today. Now, uh, he said he's playing Saturday, but like you said, maybe only at 80%. So I, I, yeah, I, uh, I would be, I would be worried (laughs) to say the least. I would be worried. And in the East, I mean, Boston's having a really rough go of it right now. I mean, as we speak, they're down one to the Cavs in yeah. the third quarter. So yeah, we suck. Boston is tumbling. They're they're struggling without Jalen Brown. Uh, I don't know if it's just like the mental aspect of knowing he's not coming back. If it's just physically wearing down on them. Tatum's they're, great, but they're they just not tumbling. very good, man. They're just not very good. I was looking at the lineup when I saw they were down to the Cavs earlier because they were down by like twelve. And uh, Smart or Walker, neither of them are playing. It's just Tatum and a bunch of dudes. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, I would feel relatively confident picking the Hornets now that they have LaMelo back, right. uh, picking the Hornets to beat them in the, in the first play-in game and then having to have them sort of slug it out with the Wizards I'm, in I'm, the second I'm, game. I'm basically assuming that the Wizards are going to get the eight spot. Like, that's where this momentum that they're on right now is taking them. Yeah. I don't see them losing to the Pacers if that's who they end up playing at this point. And I can pretty much see them beating either Charlotte or, Bo- I mean, this Boston team that we're talking about, we, that, I mean, Beal and Westbrook can take them. And, and yeah, I mean, the metal ball is still a rookie for as great as this kid has been. And, God, that hurts to admit because I can't stand his dad. Um, but he's been phenomenal. That team has overperformed. Um, I don't know, man. I still think that the Wizards are going to end up with the eighth seed no matter what, and it is in the seven and eight seed best interest to just win their game and get the hell out of there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's one of the cool parts about having that play-in tournament is you, you run into situations like this where you have teams that, you know, maybe the first couple months, and, and the Wizards especially, they got decimated by, uh, by COVID at the beginning of the year. I remember hearing a couple stories that Scott Brooks for 12 days wasn't allowed in the building, and what he would do is sit in his car parked outside – the training facility and wave to his guys as they went in to get tested from a distance. Like that's weird during that's a crazy. season. Like that's yeah, so strange. Something you never thought you'd have to deal with in that. Yeah. Position. And it gave it like having the playing tournament gave them a reason to keep fighting. Yep. So speaking yeah. of the wizards, they just blew a double digit lead to the Hawks, which as a heat fan, I didn't want to see because the Hawks lost tonight would have put the heat in the four seed. Uh, there's 13 seconds left in that game. It's 119-116 Atlanta. 
over Washington. So that kind of took a swing, a swing forward, talking about all the momentum that Washington had. Feels like they just let the air out of the building right now. But uh, yeah. I still don't, I still don't want to fuck with the Wizards. Uh, Russ is 34, 5, and 15 tonight. Yeah, um, and that's no Beal. That's no Beal. So. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't want to mess with Washington at all. So that is what the play-in tournament looks like. It goes down May 18th through the 21st. So it is next week. I know a bunch of the games that are on ESPN. So just one more time. As of right now, we got Boston Charlotte in the 7-8 in the East and Indy Washington in the 9-10. And we got the Lakers and the Warriors in that 7-8 out in the West with Memphis San Antonio right now in the 9-10 and 10 spots. So that may change, but that is where we are at right now. So with that being said, we can move on into something that is uh, inevitable at this time of year every season, and that's MVP time. So a couple games left in the season, like we said. Uh, we've got our bodies of work in. Personally, I think this is a one-man race. There isn't uh, – any real competition to this award right now? Let's see if we can all agree on that one person. Yeah. But let's um, let's go from there. So uh, I started the last one. I'll let one of you guys take the lead here. So who do you guys have as your MVP at the top? And then we'll, we'll talk about the ballot under them because I think that's where the interesting conversation is. Douglas, go ahead. Go okay. ahead. So um, I thought it was going to be closer than what I found. And uh, Jokic from the Nuggets. By far, by far, has completely like got this thing wrapped up in a nice yep. little bow. Robert, yep. do you agree? Yep. yep. Oh I yeah. Agree. I I would love 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 to argue for Joel Embiid, but with all the games missed and having like eight hundred less minutes uh, this season than Jokic, you can't even you can't even get a good argument going. Right. That that was that's the problem with Embiid this season. Uh, so yeah, but definitely I agree. It is. Nikola Jokic MVP, it is already his. I don't care if he goes down today, tomorrow, it's over. Yeah. Uh, he has led that team all season long in a team that went full strength. We talked about it earlier in, in one of these uh, episodes. We would have picked them to come out of the West. I, yep. I'm still not sure that they won't. And that's really what solidified this for him, in my opinion. He got stronger. The team did not fall off when they lost Jamal Murray. Was argue- I mean, Easily the second player, the second best player on that team. One of the best guards in the league. He goes down. The Nuggets don't miss a beat. Michael Porter steps up, which helped. But Jokic is the anchor there. And 100%, this is his MVP. Uh, It's over. And I'm really excited to see what he can do in the playoffs this season. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm right there. That's easy. That yeah. one's e- it's easy this year. It's super easy this year. I think that the better conversation is where we just started a little bit with them beating them uh, for like two through five on the ballot. So my second person on the ballot is not Joel Embiid. <laughs> my second person on the ballot is Steph Curry. I think that, like we mentioned when we were talking to the fans, though, he's by far in the definition of the award, right? Most valuable player. He is the most valuable person in that franchise. Fuck just the team on the court at this point. He is the most valuable person in that franchise because he's going he's what you're going to recruit on in the future. He is what your team on the court is based on now. He's leading the league in scoring. He is, for as much as we say he didn't play great defense, um, his defensive rating is 109. It's not terrible. And 
he is leading the league in scoring. I mean, there, I don't know what else I can say about him at this point. He's leading the league in scoring. He's not terrible defensively this year. He's not great, but he's not terrible. He's 35th in defensive win shares at 2.5. So, again, uh, top echelon of the league, top 35. So, I think he's my second in the MVP ballot. I assume that I won't have too many people agreeing with me. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's – there's um, we're probably going to have a little bit of a discussion about who's two through four. I feel like it, this year you could put a bunch of guys in five just, like, ceremoniously. Uh, I heard a bunch of arguments yesterday for Jimmy Butler. I'd be fine with that. I, I could hear LeBron James. I could hear Kawhi Leonard. I could hear um, – <sighs> I mean, man, there's a couple more. A fifth spot, we can probably yeah. – talk Bradley Beal in there. Yeah, yeah but even a 10 seed, I, I don't... I mean, it's a yeah, ceremonious spot on the ballot. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's more what all NBA is for. But the, the first four, and, and you know, we can spend time going over semantics about the order, but I feel like the first four we'll probably agree on. It's, it's Jokic, Embiid, Curry, Giannis. Like, those are the four. Anybody else after that is just they've either missed too many games or they don't have the same type of statistical uh, threshold. Yep. But do you have Giannis? You got Giannis at three or four? I have Giannis three, Embiid two, Steph four. I have Steph two, Embiid three, Giannis four. Yeah, the first three guys have home court. I I, I have a hard time giving someone MVP who's an eight the eight seed. I, but, but Embiid has just played so less games than Steph. I mean, Embiid has played coming into tonight. He has played 49 games, and Steph has played 61. I get it. Embiid also leads the league in PER, including ahead of Jokic. He's he's literally the most effective player on the court, and he could win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, so, no, and I get that, and I get that. But there's still the one seed, despite him playing the least amount of games of anybody that we're talking about in this conversation. Yeah, so yeah. So that, that decreases the value portion of this, right? Because if they were still able to do it and maintain the one seed without him, then again, I think that that's kind of a shot at value. If you take Steph off this team, they're they're already in the lottery. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. And again, this is semantics, but it is it if, is because it's Jokic's. Yeah, if you're if you're dragging a team from eleven or twelve up to eight, I mean, I guess that's the most valuable. But you don't even have home court. Like you're in the play on tur- playing tournament. I like, get what it. I, what. Uh, I mean, again, I'll get him top five. I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll, I would put Steph four, but you know, you can't be the most valuable player. What I think the lowest, most valuable player in the last thirty years was Russ when he averaged a triple double the first time, and he was a six seed. Yeah, they were a six seed. Oh, okay. Uh, who you got, Doug? After after Jokic. So after Jokic, I thought originally I was going to have Embiid in second, but I actually went with Giannis on this one, um, only because you know number of games played and it's like. You know, the when you compare his stats from uh, this season versus the previous two years where he won the back-to-back MVP, they, you kind of get, like, fatigue in a way, and it's almost like the NBA has a rule where you cannot win three MVPs in a row. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll stop you at two, but I think the last person to win three in a row might have been Larry Bird in the 80s, so we're talking over 30 years of that. But, um, yeah, so I have Giannis second, uh, Embiid third, then Steph, and then Jimmy Butler rounds out my top five. I have Jimmy Butler at five as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't really care about two through four. Um, I I knew they would be the same. Just the order is fine. I think a lot of that also is 
um, how you look at the player. I've clearly been a, a vocal Embiid supporter for the last, I don't know, four or five years. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I just sort of hold him up there. It, it sucks that he got hurt because he just – he's, he's just was, been so good. <laughs> it was going to be awesome to see their numbers against Jokic – his numbers against Jokic had he played even 10 more games, maybe seven. Yeah. Like, it would have been a much more uh, stringent conversation. But, yeah, I think it's uh, – to wrap the MVP talk up, I think, yeah, we, we agree. Jokic is definitely the winner. He has had – the best season. I mean, his win shares is first in the league. It's 15. I mean, he's responsible for 15 easily of their wins just on account of him being on the floor and doing what he does. Uh, again, that is first in the league. He's third in defensive win shares at 3.3. There is no taking him away from this. Uh, and then, yeah, to round it up, Steph, Embiid, Giannis, in any which order you'd like, three, two through four. And I can agree with Jimmy at five. I mean, he leads the league in steals. He uh, he changes Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are a much deadlier, more efficient, higher scoring team with him on the floor, which is not saying a lot, but the numbers are drastic in how much better we are with him out there. He is a fifth in win shares at 9.1. So that goes to show that he's, he's responsible for a good chunk of our success at this point. Um, so Jimmy at five. So that's our MVP talk. Uh, it's been a fun season with that. Jokic is awesome. He really is. He really just is. So, Best just passing so we, big man of all time. Just so, yeah. So we wrap that up. He's averaging 26 and a half points with 10 and 10.8 rebounds and 8.5 assists. Um, he's a monster. He, he's the best passing big man in the history of this game. It's something phenomenal to watch. If you guys haven't watched any Nuggets basketball, now that they're going to be on national TV with playoffs, I definitely suggest watching him. He is outstanding. So, moving into all NBA teams. This is where the players who are trying to make a little bit of extra money, the players who maybe are on some of those lower-performing teams who have really excelled, get their due. They get their, their rewards, right? I know... Bam's got a kicker. Jason Tatum's got kickers with like $32 million for them making any of these All-NBA teams. So guys have a lot riding on this. Uh, it's a media vote, which feels kind of dirty, right, that there's so much money. I mean, I guess it's a first-world problem. But um, that's a lot of money riding on a media vote, which somebody can vote against you just because they don't like who you play for or something that you said in a press conference at some point. But the All-NBA team is where all of these players get their fair share of credit for the seasons that they have had. I I mean, I had a, a short list, quote unquote, of like 30 guys for 15 spots. Uh, yeah. I kind of labored through this to to figure out there was there's one exception that I made in particular. Two really that I, I finished and I I kind of went back and forth on and sure we'll talk about it. But I was like, man, yeah, I can't I'm I can't put them here. So before we jump into giving our teams. Uh, for our listeners, we did this a little differently. So the NBA vote on the specific positions, right? You've got two two guards, two forwards, and a center. Uh, and they assign what position players are eligible for. So in the votes, like for instance, this year, one of the most ridiculous things is that Embiid and Jokic are both eligible to be forwards when neither of them play any forward at any point throughout the season. Like no minutes, zero. But the NBA in an effort to, I guess, get more of the better players onto first teams, for instance, they've started making these exceptions. 
we've gone a step ahead of that because we don't fucking matter. So we can do whatever we want. Um, I, I We've decided to go with this as all-star voting format, right? Because that's the only thing they let the fans vote for anyway. So we figured let's take it that way. All-star voting format is two backcourt players, three frontcourt players, right? So any mixture of positions, if you want three centers on your first NBA team, go for it. They're all frontcourt players. So that's how we organized it. So the team's, may seem a little different to whatever you see out there in the national media. It's because they were probably following the rules a little bit more than we are, but we just want to make it a little entertaining. And I thought this is the best way to get the best players on the floor. So uh, Rob, you're starting this one. You haven't started a segment yet. So sure. why don't you give me somebody off of your first team? Uh, I mean, I'll start. Give me your front court. Give me your, your now, you know what? Give me the two. Give me your two backcourt players. We'll start there. Stephen Dame. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We already Dame. have some. We already have some differences. Uh, let's talk about that, Doug. Who do you have in your backcourt? Uh, I got Steph Curry and then I got Luka Doncic. Excuse me, Doncic. Yep. I also have Steph and Luka. So, before we get into it, Steph's. I'm sorry. Luca's line, 28.2 points per game. He's shooting 45% from the field, eight rebounds, 7.7 assists. Um, he's got the 16th best win share in the league at 7.4 wins, so he is obviously responsible for a good chunk of that success there. And Dane, Dane 28.7 points, so slightly better than Luca, about half a point more. 44% from the field, so almost identical. Uh, but 4.3 rebounds, 7.6 assists. So essentially the same assist numbers. It is considerably better for Luca in the rebounding section, 8 to 4.3. Defensive ratings, I mean, Luca's a 112, Dame's a 115. I will say Luca's, I mean, sorry, Dame's offensive rating is better than his defensive rating. So he's not a uh, net negative on that. Uh, I can see the argument for Dame. I think that Luca still deserves it. He's on a better team. I would say arguably he's got less talent around him to put up these numbers with. So um, I'm, I'm going with Luca over Dane. What do you, why would you justify Dane, uh, Rob? Uh, so one of my things, I guess, was I, I wasn't as concerned with who was first team or second team. So clearly Luca was going to be on the second team. Um, I just well, Dame is pretty much different. Well, I mean, yes and no. If really, I mean, if, if you look at how they look at the contractual uh, obligations and how they get their bonuses, they just have to show up somewhere on the on the three teams. It doesn't matter where. They're not they're not tied to first, yeah. second, or third. It's no, just you yeah, got to be right. on it somewhere. So to me, if you're on one of these All NBA teams, unless you're really drilling down on Basketball Reference, I don't think that part matters. Uh, and you go through and you're like, oh, hey, uh, you know, Luca's on a better team uh, than than Dame. I would be surprised if their win shares aren't very, very similar, if not Dame higher. And they actually have identical records right now. <laughs> and and Portland has been so injured this year besides for Dame that it's pretty much just been him out on an island trying to shoot them out of different situations. So I'll start with that. There's also – this has become such a either get to the rim or shoot threes type of league. Dame's shooting almost 40% from three. Luca's right at or below 35. 
Uh, 35 at this point is about league average. 40%, especially someone like Dame who can hit from 35, 40 feet. That right. to me was like that extra. Higher. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I tie the rebounding to Luca's got, what, seven inches on Dame? I mean, if, Something like that. yeah, yeah, okay. You want to get four more rebounds a game because you're seven inches taller than me. Okay, that's fine. But when it comes to, to the clutchness of Dame and his shooting prowess from deep, uh, that to me was like, I, I, I don't know how you – I mean, I've argued with people that Dame's better than Steph. This year that's a little bit harder, but – Well, this just, year it's not possible. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, just – I don't to know. To answer I, your I, win shares, so Luka's at 7.4, 16th in the league. Dame's uh, at 9.8. That puts him at 4. Okay. So so he's responsible for more wins than Luka. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so, and he, is, he puts himself in the top five in the league with that. Correct. Correct. Which, I mean, you can tell because they're, I think we've had this argument when I've argued with you guys, uh, especially Douglas, about um, point differential for a season. At one point, the Blazers were equal or negative and still 10 games over 500. And you cannot tie that to anyone on that franchise except for Dame. If they did not have Dame, that would be impossible. Impossible. So I just, I mean, I, I give him that just because of those things. The Blazers have no business. They've had no business being in Western Conference Finals. They've had no business, you know, being deep into the playoffs against the Warriors and the Lakers, but they are every year. And, and a lot of it ties back to Dame Lillard. Even the year they got swept in the first round, they still, they could have blown the team up. They could have gone a bunch of different directions. They just stuck with it and put their faith in Dame and they were rewarded yet again. So I don't know, man. I can see it. I can see, I can see Dame being first team. Over Luca, I did not choose to do that, but uh, I can. So, Steph, Luca, and or Dame, those are backcourt in the first team. I think they're all acceptable answers. Uh, let's go to frontcourt. So, I think frontcourt on the first team, uh, I'll leave this one. I think it's easy. I think there's only one person who can maybe make an argument to slide into this, but they won't. Uh, I've got Joel Embiid. I've got Nikola Jokic, the MVP, and I have Giannis. Uh, I don't see, I don't think much can be said different there. What do you guys have before we name the fourth person who I would consider sliding in? Well, you got no arguments for me on that one. That's exactly what I was thinking. So I'll, I'll throw you my little wrinkle. Uh, if we were doing this more as the way the NBA would do it, if you're going to vote Jokic MVP pretty he would widely. Get your center spot. He would get my center spot, and B would get my second team center spot, and I would have Doncic as the third front court player, as the second forward with Giannis. Like that's if if we were going to do it that okay. way, that would have been how Luca would have made the first team. Is it would have slid okay. him in as a forward with Giannis, and then I would have had Jokic as the center, and Embiid the second team center. If we're okay. doing it the way we're doing, then I would say Embiid's had a better season than Luca, so I would put Embiid there and then slide Luca to the second team. So just so you can sort of see how close. He was to that first team for me. I was just going to sort of play with the positions a little bit and, and still get him on there, just depending on how I moved everybody around. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so if we're going to go with this format with the all-star voting, so we can agree that our front court is Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. We all agree yeah. that Steph is one of our backboard guys. And we can go yeah. with either Luca or Dame as the other backcourt guy. I think that's a solid first team NBA. I think that um, 
there's not anybody really being left off of it. Uh, so I'm I would assume for that. both you guys, Dame Dame shows up on your second team, then, right? He's on mine. He's on yeah. mine. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So similar to, to how I was thinking, he was. They're almost like the sixth guy. Him and him and Luca. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can live with that. So, all right. Well, let's go to second team, and let's start since we already gave away that Dame's on two out of our three, and we know Luca's on the other. Let's start with the front court. So. Doug, why don't you start us off with your second team front court? All right, so my front court. So this exercise was a lot more difficult than I thought it would be because I think, and this is my opinion, maybe you guys might agree on that, that as far as talent level goes, I don't think the NBA has ever had a larger talent pool than they do now. No, they don't. They haven't. And, yeah. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of 80s and 90s NBA with, you know, Jordan and, you know, Barkley and whatnot, but it's like, here it seems like every team has at least two players that you know merit all star consideration, maybe even more. So for my front court, I went with Jimmy Butler, and I went with LeBron and Kawhi Leonard. Oh, okay. Ooh, okay. I, yeah, I had one different. <laughs> I had one different as well. So Rob, who'd you have? Uh, I would have gone with Butler, uh, Kawhi, and Zion. Ooh, so we all have a different third. Okay, so I'm going with Butler. I'm going with Kawhi. And my third selection, which is the only person who I considered moving up to first team, is uh, Rudy Gobert. I am not a huge Rudy Gobert fan, but Rudy Gobert has impressive uh, numbers in terms of everything that he does for the team. It's only 14 points, but he's, he's a 14-13 guy. He is always on the court, 68 games played this year, uh, 100 defensive rating. I believe it is the best in the league. I considered sliding him into my first team. I have to put him on my second team. Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard have both played 50 games heading into today. It's why I couldn't put either of them on the first team, even if some of their per-game numbers might have warranted it. But uh, So, yeah, Jimmy and Kawhi for sure is the second team. I went with Gobert. I can see the Zion argument because he's, I mean, he's like 10th in the league in scoring. He's a monster already. Um, and I don't know about the LeBron thing, man. I don't, I, I, if I expected that from anybody, it would have been Rob. <laughs> no, no, why, just, he's, he's missed too much for me. Yeah. Give me, give me, give me your reasons why, Doug. Why'd you put LeBron there? So it's yes, he has missed time, but if we look at it, I mean, this whole season, a lot of players have missed a lot more time than what you would normally be accustomed to. So, you know, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of his work as a whole as when he has been healthy. Yeah, because I mean, if we're going to ding players for being hurt, then do we do start dinging, dinging players who are being load managed as well? You know, so that's that was my perspective on it. Well, yeah, but the load, the load management doesn't, I mean. He's only played 43 games heading into tonight. Uh, I mean, in those 43, he's averaging 25, 8, and 8. So, yeah, not terrible. Um, I mean, but you, you can honestly say that if he was healthy for those other games, would his numbers be the same? And I'm going to say, yeah. You know, it, it, it's kind of like – it's like yeah. we've gotten so used to his greatness that, you know, when he – he's gotten hurt, but he's still performing – 
at a level that no one at his age and the amount of wear and tear on his True. tires should have. I get it. I, do, I understand that. I do get that argument, but man, it's half the season. Yeah, a I, lot of I, games. I, I have trouble with, with him only because, at least for second team, we, when we get to third team, we might have a different discussion, but at least for second team, I have trouble with him only because if we're going to get into what ifs, then I could what if you on Durant and Harden as well. Because uh, Durant would have been an MVP top three finisher if he didn't get hurt. Uh, probably the same with Harden. So if, if we're going to do the what if thing, then there's a lot of guys that's names would pop back up uh, who aren't really being considered because the game's missed. Yeah. So I, I get the argument. I get it's him. I mean, in theory, LeBron should have like 16 MVPs. I mean, <laughs> in all honesty, uh, the same reason that Jordan should have like 10 himself. Um, I don't but, know about you 16, know, but well, definitely a lot it, more it, than what he's got. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, young LeBron, if you ever go back and look at the stats, young LeBron's stats were just mind-blowing. Yeah, but anyway. there's one that he got that he shouldn't have, which was Dwayne Wade, the year of the scoring title. There's no reason that LeBron James should have won that. Issue, but uh, carry on, carry on. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I I don't to, I, I, are we on to like are we good with the LeBron thing for now or do you want to hear uh, yeah, about no, Zion I, or do you want to just go to the third team talk to me about Zion Zion uh, comes up for me later he's not on my second team but spoiler he is on my third so uh, we can talk a little bit about Zion okay so you guys know I'm a big uh, PR guy mm. um, big into the efficiency of a player big into what they bring to the court granted his defense isn't where anyone would expect yet Um but he, after basically playing 100 games in his career, is fourth in the NBA in, in PER. So he's behind our three front court players on the first team, and then it's him. And by a pretty decent margin, it's him mm-hmm. over anybody else. So, um, you know, besides the fact that they turned him into a point guard, you know, a month and a half into the season, and now we're going to have to restructure their team around, maybe we don't need to pay a point guard. Uh, a bunch of money that's going to handle the ball all the time when we have this giant dude that's going to do it for us. Um, uh, I think a lot of that ties back to his versatility and, and for someone at that size being able to still, I mean, he's unstoppable in the lane. He's basically Shaq. Uh, yeah, you you no, look at his, his shot chart and it's just nothing's outside the, the restricted area, but he's 16 for 18 for 37 points. Yeah, you're like, good God, what do you do with that? Yeah. He's, he's got an absurd, uh, what is sixty-one percent from the field? Um, yeah, and and even that seems low compared to the the stat lines that you see for him on nightly basis. Well, he's twenty-nine percent from three, and, and granted, it's not a lot of volume, but he's shooting something outside of the paint. Right, it's what makes his paint work so effective. Is there is an absolute threat that if you don't step up on him, twelve feet out. I mean, God, we're talking about thirty feet out with three pointers, but. That shows you he's right. got a little bit of an intermediate game. Uh, right. I can well, see why, why shoots, the three. Right? Uh, 61, Gian- yeah. But Giannis, Giannis shoots 30% shoots, from three. Yeah, but Giannis shoots 30% from three on three attempts per game. Well, I guess Zion's not taking Almost four three attempts per game. Yeah, it's 3.7. Yeah. And he's shooting 30% and 56 from the field. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess I, I don't consider them in the same – like, I don't know, they're just not – I guess they are kind of the same player, but they're not the same mold, so I would expect Giannis no. to be a little bit of a better shooter. Um, yeah. But still, the fact that Zion is that good of a shooter 
and he's still putting up 61% from the field when everything isn't – I mean, everything in the restricted area is in. He doesn't miss in there. Um, right. So, yeah, I can, I can see Zion being uh, second team in that front court as opposed to Gobert. I mean, I think Gobert is I, – I, again, I'm not, a, I'm not a Gobert stand. I'm not a big fan of his altogether. I'm not a huge Jazz fan other than Spider. But what, what he does for that team and what he does defensively is top tier in this league. So, I, I mean, I have to put him on my second team. Yeah, all right. I'm okay with that because I feel like a lot of these guys are just going to show up on, on – whoever didn't put him second team is going to put him third team. So Probably. I, I think we're good with that. Uh, so let's, uh, let's talk about the Why don't we the hit guards. the final guard? Yeah, the final guard let's on hit the, the back court. Team. So we know it's either Dame or Luca. I think right. this is where – this is another interesting conversation piece. So, who do you, I, I led the front court. Who do you guys got? Go ahead, Doug. I went with uh, – I got Bradley Beal. Mm. Robert Kyrie Irving. Oh, I don't like that at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got Russ. I put, I put Russ up there. I'm not going to continue to insult this man. I mean, he's averaging another triple-double, 22, 11.6, 11.6, with a 109 defensive rate. I'm going to stop slandering Russell Wilson. I'm sorry, Russell Westbrook. Um, 2.9 in the win share puts him top 20 in the league. He's averaging a triple-double on a team who we did not expect anything from and who has taken up a good chunk of our airtime so far tonight because they have been very surprising. I can see the Bradley Beal pick. Um, I I can't see the Kyrie one. So I, so you have you have that wind share uh, thing pulled up because you you referenced those pretty quickly. I have I don't have it pulled up. I took note of the ones who I thought were interesting. Okay, all right. If there's a way to quickly get to that and tell me what Kyrie's wind share is, I'd be interested to hear that. And if it's comparable to Beal or uh, or Westbrook. Because there's been a lot of lot of time this year for the number two seed Brooklyn Nets, where Kyrie's the only one of the big three that's been on the floor, and they still win. And I'm I've sort of been a Kyrie hater, despite the fact that he won us a title. Um, but he's just I don't know, man. He's different this year. Let's see. I can't pull it up. Yeah, quick. I am not seeing it. Of course, you know, I do all this homework earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the joy of doing this, uh, you know, live, that you get to all just right. ask a bunch of questions while you're doing it. So while Enrique is searching for that, I can't put Russ on the second team. Yes, he's averaging a triple-double, and if you would have told me that, you know, a guy who averages a triple-double can't get onto an all-NBA team, you would think you'd be crazy. However, his shooting percentages across the board are horrendous. And I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, yes, he's getting the assists, he's getting the rebounds, but the, the guy's barely hitting, not even hitting 65% of his free throws. His shooting percentage is in the mid-40s, and his three-shot percentage, three-point three shooting percentage is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, in like the low 30%. Yeah, I've got Kyrie's... This can't be right. I don't think that uh, it's at seven point something, and that puts him at twenty-two. And I don't see West on this, so I don't know what I looked up. Different. 
uh, or I might have just written down Westbrook's number wrong, but Kyrie is at 7.1. Uh, Which one thing that I noticed there is that's the highest on the Nets, higher than uh, James Harden, higher than Bradley Beal, uh, higher than Kevin Durant, and I'm I'm still scrolling down looking. For He's Russ's. at two point. Yeah, Russ is at two point nine, which I I took him at a different ranking. I got the right number. It is two point nine. I took him at a much different ranking. So Kyrie's at 7.1. So, yeah, he is responsible for more wins on that Brooklyn team. And like you said, he did play a lot more games without those other guys. I'm – I don't know. I'm not I'm not going with it. I don't really like it. I didn't even write down – I looked at Kyrie's stats, and I didn't even write them down because I was not uh, blown away by them. But let's see. I've got his stats right here. He has – So so you, you're, you're aware of 50-40-90, right? Yeah, he's so not Kyrie's shooting 50, at 40, is he? He's shooting 50, 39.7, and 92 on 27 points a game with the 11th best PER in the NBA. Okay, he's not on any of my all-NBA teams. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest. Those numbers are not bad. Uh, I did not know his 50, 40, 90 numbers. Um I'm not changing stances. I'm still putting the guy who's <laughs> averaging a triple-double on a not-so-great team in front of him. Sure, sure. But I can now at least see the argument. Right. Well, and and I think the win shares thing is a little bit eye-opening because you just don't think of him as a winning player because he of what he did in Boston, what he was in Cleveland without LeBron. Uh, the way he got out of Cleveland didn't make him look all that great. Um, so there was, there's a lot of things about him that sort of just makes you look at him and, and turn your nose up. Like, nah, he's, he's not what we're looking for, but this year he's just been different. Like I said, I don't know if it was just Durant or, or the way that he was been able to be like sort of given a leash by the, by the Nets organization to sort of do what he wants to do. I, I don't know what it is, but he's, he's just way better. He's never been this high as far as efficiency. Cause I mean, for someone who doesn't dunk, He's basically unstoppable at the rim, which is nuts. Plus, he's shooting 50, 40, 90. So, you know, he's 60% true shooting percentage, which is elite, elite, elite. So, I don't know, man. That's that's where I am. So, to go along with your argument, Rob, and th- this is a really fascinating thing. So, as far as win shares go, as good as he's been this year, this would actually be his only his fifth highest win share of his career. Were they all the Cavs? No, no. Actually, surprisingly, his Boston. best year was in uh, 2014-15 with, with Cleveland. He was at a 10.4, followed by the 18-19 season in Boston at 9.1, then another season in Cleveland at 8.9, and then the 2017-18 season in Boston, he was 8.9. So, so his two years in Boston were his two, best, uh, two of his four best seasons. Correct. Yep. So I, I think he just gets a lot of flack because of his personality. And yeah. it kind of takes away from his overall game. I mean, the, the, the guy is an amazing athlete. And he can do, pretty much do it all on the NBA court. And it's just sometimes his outside interests kind of distract us from the quality player he really is. Yeah. I can, uh, I, I, can, I can see it. I'm not, I'm not rolling with it. I'm taking That's okay. You don't have to rush. change, buddy. That's not what the, I, uh, I'm not trying to convince you. I, I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm aware. But. You did pose a, a good argument for him. I'm just not. I'm not going with it. That's fair. So, all right, so we're so good with the second team. 
good with second team. We got a little bit of time left, so we can hit up that third team. Yes. Um, let's start with the backcourt. And I'll lead us here. So I got Beal on my third team backcourt. Second in the league in scoring. We can make an argument for him to be on the second team. Um, he's had a phenomenal season. I wish he was a Heat player. Um, he is probably worth the money that he is being paid. He is really a, just an all-around great offensive player. His defense leaves a little bit to be desired, but it's not terrible. It's not effortless either. He, he puts some effort into the defensive side. So I'm good with him on my third team. And then my other third team backcourt player, which is amazing that he hasn't been mentioned yet up until this point. I know who you're going to say. Uh, I'm going with CP3. Yeah. Yep. yep. Agreed. CP3, CP3 is having um, another amazing year. He continues to defy father time. He continues to defy age altogether. Um, does it matter at this point what goddamn team you put him on, who you put around him? He's going to the playoffs. You put decent players around him, and now they've got a shot at the one seed in the West, which, again, I keep referencing that article I wrote preseason because I feel like uh, I may have been a little ahead on them and nobody else kind of bought in. They're phenomenal. The team that they have put together has been great. He has led them. Something that we mentioned earlier, which may be detrimental to them in the playoffs, is three and his teams are the definition of all gas all the time. So they may not have that next gear to go into in the playoffs in a seven-game series to take somebody out when they need to. But, right. man, they have been out, out, outstanding. They would not be where they are without his leadership on the court. Um, I'm sure that the development he's offered, these younger guys like Booker, um, even Aiton, just providing that veteran leadership and explaining to them how things work and how things should work has been invaluable. So I'm going with CP3 and Beal as my Yeah, I have the exact same too. So I'm 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 good with everything you just said. <laughs> Solid. So since you put it sounded like you agreed with us on CP three, Doug, but you put Beal on your second team. So who'd you put on Correct. third? So my third team guy, and this is gonna bring a smile to Rob's face, is James Harden. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and mostly um granted I didn't like how the season started, how he kind of forced his way out of Houston. But, my God, the way he adapted his game to work with Kyrie and KD, it's amazing. So He's got almost yeah, 11 assists a game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've never been the biggest Harden fan, as Rob will attest to. However, his opinion, my opinion of him has changed over the season. And, uh, yeah, I'm all in on him being the third-team All-NBA player. I would not argue that at all. I agree. I have, uh, I have come around significantly on James Harden in the past 12 months. I... Think that you know, I is... like to think I have something to do with that, honestly. I really want you to do, take you do. That you, you really, Maybe we're just you tired really of you did, uh... talking about it. <laughs> I think that's what it is. You, you, you just you wear him on me so much that I just like, yeah, man, you know, maybe he's right. Yeah, so maybe yeah. he's top four of all time, but yeah. Um, ooh, ooh, no, okay, no, no but, but okay, <laughs> no, top um, four shooting guard, not top four of all time. Oh, I know, I know what you oh, mean. Okay. But that's, yeah. that's a topic for a different pod. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, we got I, – I won't argue with James Harden. So, we've got a combination of James Harden, uh, Beal, and CP3 on our third team backcourt. Uh, why don't you guys introduce your third team frontcourt? Because I know that this is going to have some discussion to it, too. 
Hey, uh, so for me, go ahead, Doug. Oh, oh okay. So for me, it was um, so I'm completely against Rudy Gobert in every way, shape, and form. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because he's French. I don't know. That's yeah, it's uh, a big part of me. <laughs> oh man. And and so for me, my third team is Zion Williamson, Jason Tatum, and then uh, Nikola Vucevic, the who went from Ooh. Orlando to Chicago. So Ooh. yeah. Okay. I know I butchered his last name, but he's a hell of a player. Is Vucevic. Vucevic. There we go. So, so um, I'm going to interject okay. real quick. So yeah. you you had the choice to put your boy Bam as the third team center and get him paid, and you decided to go with Nikola Vucevic. Well, I'm not in charge of the salary cap. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Who do you got, Rob? Because that's that's gonna we're gonna have an interesting conversation here. Yeah. So mine would I, I don't. Contrary to what Douglas just said, I don't think there's any way it can be anyone other than Gobert as the third team center. Um, I, I was trying to find it quickly, but I'm pretty sure the last I checked, he had the best plus minus for the season for the entire NBA. And the best so they outscore and the best defensive rating. Correct. So the way they design their defense completely depends upon that guy. And they've had the number one defense in the league, I'm pretty sure, almost all year. Mostly, um, yep. Yeah, so I don't know. I, there wasn't any other way I could put. I mean, he he had to be thirteen. He wasn't going to be above uh, Jokic or Embiid. Yeah, I got him 13. on my second team. I got him on my second yeah. team. So, so yeah. who else do you have other than Gobert? Uh, well, here's here's where it gets fun. The LeBron one, I think I, I'm okay giving him third team. Um, I I would have considered Tatum, but not really. I would have considered Durant with a couple more games. Um. But my third one is actually going to be Julius Randle. Okay. Julius Randle. So that's two. Wait, who's your third? That's, LeBron. Got... LeBron, was, LeBron was two. So it Randall's is LeBron. Three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I've got Zion. I've got Jason Tatum. And I'm literally looking at the word BAM written in and scratched out. And it was the most painful decision of this entire process. To leave my boy Bam off of this All NBA team, but I replaced him uh, with Julius Randle. Ooh, I could, okay. I could not, as okay. much as that hurt to put a Nick player in over my guy, Julius Randle, and what the New York Knicks have done this season cannot go unmentioned, cannot go unrewarded. Um, a playoff berth is most likely all that comes out of it. I don't see them winning a series in the first round, especially if they play the Heat. Um, and, man, it sucks, right? Because, yeah, you want to get Bam paid. It, it took everything in me to not just homer that one and just mail it in. But uh, Zion, Jason Tatum, I think Jason Tatum kind of dealt a shitty hand. I think they expect him to be better than he is, or maybe not better than he is, but to do more than what he should and what he's capable of. And, Sometimes he can't deliver and he gets a little bit of a bad rap for it, but then you can see him walk out there and drop 60 on somebody. Um, I, I'm putting him in. I, I like Jason Tatum. I really do. I think he's a great player. So as Zion, we had that conversation. I, I mean, Zion is phenomenal. 27 points a game is 10th in the league. Um, and like we said, everything about him, he's, he's great. He's great inside. He, he's got a little bit of an outside game. He's great. Uh, but Julius Randle. Julius Randle is... He's been outstanding. He's 24 points a game, 46% from the field, uh, 10 and 6 with a 107 defensive rating. So, yeah, so you, 
you led with that 46% from the field. What's his three-point percentage? His three-point percentage is 41%. 41%. I don't know the volume on that. Six attempts a game, sir. Six attempts a game. Six attempts a game. He's hitting 40%. That is crazy. (laughs) That is crazy. And I hate the Knicks. I really do hate the Knicks. So it, it is not, not enjoyable to, to say anything nice about anybody that Knicks signed. Especially they signed him as just like a garbage, let's just fill up our salary cap. He has a non-guaranteed contract for next year. It's not it's like amazing. they even believed in him. Incredible. But yeah, no, he's, he, he has to be on it. He has to. Yeah. I, I, do, so I do have one question uh, before we, we move on or, or finish this up. So if I was to give you player A's stats – and I'll just go with, with points, rebounds, assists, and player B's stats. Tell me which one you would go with. 27, 5, and 6? Or 26, 7, and 4? Uh, so we know one of those guys is Kyrie. So who's the other one? No, I'm going with- <laughs> 26, 7, and 4. I think I know who it is, but I yeah. think I'm going with 26, 7, and 4. Okay. Okay. Is that Jason Tatum? Probably because you – yeah, I was going to say probably because you know who it is. But the, the funny part about that comparison is you were you, – you seem fairly confident about the Jason Tatum making all NBA, but not Kyrie, even though I believe his numbers besides for rebounds, every number across the board is better for Kyrie. So it's just it, it's just funny to me that that, that was uh, – that was your choice, but that's okay. I was just curious. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm just not gonna reward but, flattery. There. But, but now, just the, the, the question. The question is then, who is the better the defensive player between the two? Probably Tatum, but is Probably is that Tatum. more because of a build? I mean, like if Steph Curry was actually LeBron James's size, would he be a better defender than he is now? I mean, I would have to say so. Huh. Well, but is uh, Kyrie ever assigned to a the opposition's best backcourt player to try to shut him no. down? No, but he's six okay. two. No, who, again, who, he, plays, who that... he, he plays in the backcourt. Chris Paul's only six one. He's a shutdown yeah. defensive player, is he not? Ooh. I don't know about all that. Well, in his <laughs> earlier years, but like when he's back when he's Kyrie's age. Uh, I, I'll have to go back and look at that because I don't remember okay. uh, the Clippers being known for for high uh, defensive output. But I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. One on more that. note on. One more note on Julius Randle. Yeah. 4.1, 4.1 defensive win share second <clears throat> in the league. Crazy. Talk about performing your contract. It's Thibodeau. Yeah, I know. If if the thing is that like he's gonna run him into the ground like he runs everybody into the fucking ground. Oh, oh hundred percent. The fact that Jimmy Butler still stands upright is amazing. It really is amazing. The fact that he and he's gonna kill Derrick Rose. Do what he does. Yeah. Continue to kill Derrick Rose. Yeah. He already started didn't um, he? Like back in the early Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is act two. <laughs> yeah. This is oh, act yeah. two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, Derek Rose has brought himself all the way back and then went back to a Thibodeau team and now he's going to die again. Yeah, somewhere yep. Carl Anthony Towns is ex- super excited that he's no longer there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, that wraps up our third team and our all-NBA pick. So, to wrap it up, we uh, – we went over that play-in tournament, which I think is going to be super exciting for everybody. Uh, our MVP talk, so it's the Joker, 
Nikola Jokic. I think it should be a pretty unanimous pick to be the MVP this year. And we went over those all-NBA teams, let you know where we thought everybody stood. Uh, so, great, great talk. Everybody, Doug, thank you for joining us. We will definitely be yes, having you Yes, thank you, sir. Yes, thank you for having me. It was Most certainly having you back. Uh, again, go out and subscribe to our pod. Rate and review it. Uh, five stars, please. Even if you don't like this, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, and go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Three Major Sports and keep up with everything we're doing on the pod. So awesome, everybody! Uh, have a great night from Muggy Miami, and we will see you all next time. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right. All right, Dylan. Take care. Good night. <laughs>